Hey there, soccer fans. Welcome to episode 19 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald here. It is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020, and it has been a long while since I've been on to give you an episode. On this episode, we catch up with some of the major things that we missed while I was out. We will discuss Weston McKinney signing with Juventus, the women's national team players who have decided to leave the NWSL for Europe, and we will talk about the CONCACAF World Cup qualifiers having a schedule, and that schedule being once again delayed due to the coronavirus. But I want to start first by providing a personal update on what's been going on with me over the last month and why this podcast has remained silent during that time. I got into soccer when I was a kid. I was born with a heart condition, so I couldn't play football, but my mom instead got me to sign up for soccer. It was very quickly that I found out that I was very good at the sport, and I enjoyed playing every weekend and having practices every single week. My parents supported me through all those years. My mom would bring orange slices and water and Gatorade for everyone to the games, and my parents would watch me play and cheer me on. In life, anything I wanted to do, my mom would support me. Anything I needed, she would make sure that I had the ability to have it or put me in the position where I could work to reach it. She was the rock of our family. And in my later years, when I became heavily involved with the American Outlaws and other soccer organizations, she was always tuning in to matches to support me and to support the game. She was my biggest fan, and she always helped me achieve every goal I ever set forth. When I was down, she and my dad were there to pick me up. On August 1st, I lost my mom. She passed away suddenly just a few days after her 65th birthday. And... Her passing has completely rocked the core of my world. It has been extremely painful for me and my family to go through all the emotions associated with that passing. Simply put, it's just been the worst month of my life, and that pain has not yet gone away. There's not a day that has gone by where something in my life triggers a memory of her or the desire to want to call her or FaceTime her or text her just to tell her some good news or to talk about a game. And the most painful reminders are every single day when I realize that I will not be able to hear that voice or see her face, except in my dreams. However, in the aftermath of such tragic loss, I have been surrounded by so much warmth, love, and support from all of my friends, my family, and especially my soccer family. My AO family has been nothing short of incredible with their support, checking in on me, and otherwise making sure that I'm as okay as I can be. There are many people who don't know me personally or who may only know me through social media or this podcast or the articles in Stars and Stripes FC who have reached out to me as well to express condolences or just to otherwise show support. And to all of you who have done that, I cannot thank you enough. It has provided me comfort during the most difficult time I've ever had to endure. It has given my family solace during our time of grief, and it truly means the world to me to have so many of you take the time to offer that generous support when I've needed it the most. I get a lot of strength from my mom, and that strength has been missing the last month. However, it's something that I always tap into, and what I've been tapping into as I slowly have started to come to grips with this and to get back into a routine and try to find a way to trudge forward. 
as we continue to battle the COVID-19 pandemic and just tackle racial injustice in this country, my mom's passing just completely broke me. And I needed to take some time for myself and for my family so we can find the strength to keep going. I'll always love my mom and I'll always miss her. And I will always be striving to do what I can so that she can look down with pride at what her son's doing. And I know that she'll always be with me. I thank you all for being there for me during this difficult time, for helping me as I try to regain that strength, for your patience as I attempt to reboot my life, and for just showing once again that the AO family and the soccer family in general is one that is incredibly special to me. My mom knew it, and I know it, and I can never tell you how much I appreciate your kindness, compassion, and your support. Rest in peace, Mom. I love you forever. Now that we have the update out of the way, and I thank you all for indulging me on that and giving me that time to bring you up to speed, uh, we did have some big transfer news happen over the past few weeks, and none of those moves were bigger than Weston McKinney heading from Schalke to Juventus on loan. The loan move also becomes a permanent transfer for 18.5 million euros plus incentives should Juventus make Champions League next season. And given that they've won Serie A nine straight years, that seems all but assured. So Weston McKinney becomes the first American to play for the Bianconeri. And he's walking into a situation where first-year coach Andrea Pirlo wanted him because McKinney can play the style of soccer that Pirlo is looking for. Pirlo is looking for a defender who can track back on defense and do the dirty work to free up the stars like Cristiano Ronaldo and Paulo Dybala to do their thing. And McKinney can do just that. It's unclear yet if Pirlo is going to have him in the starting lineup when the season begins, but we know he's going to be competing for playing time. With Serie A, the Coppa Italia, the Supercoppa Italiana, and Champions League, McKinney is going to get his chances to show that he can hang with one of the biggest clubs in the world. McKinney joins a midfield that includes new signing Arthur, who came over from Barcelona, Sammy Kadira, Aaron Ramsey, Juan Cadrado, Adrian Rabiot, and Rodrigo Bentecourt. But when it comes to the type of midfield that Pirlo wants Juve to play, McKinney's tenacity and versatility could get him onto the field. We're going to see if he can form a partnership with Arthur that could form the foundation of a young midfield core that can carry them to another title and beyond. He's going to learn very quickly that he can't take any days off, and the competitiveness of many guys in the field, including Cristiano Ronaldo, is going to force him to get better every single day. And I think we're all excited to see that. It's going to help him, it'll help Juve, and of course, it's going to help the United States men's national team. Having Weston McKinney, Juventus, on that roster is going to be a welcome change, and he's just the latest American who's poised to make an impact at one of the major clubs in the world. So the first opportunity we may have to see Weston McKinney in that Juve jersey will be on Sunday in a friendly against Nevada. And then the Serie A season begins next Sunday against Sampdoria. Serie A can be watched on ESPN Plus with a game each week on ESPN or ESPN2. And we are looking forward to seeing all that Weston McKinney can do as part of the old lady. Coming up, we have a wave of U.S. women's national team players that have headed to play in England. And we have an update on World Cup qualifying. But first, we're going to take this quick commercial break. Stay with us.
here on the Stars and Stripes FC podcast, and we are going to talk about the women, namely four of them, that have decided to play in England this season. Let's just say the Manchester Derby this season will have some American flair on both sides. First off, a couple weeks ago, Manchester City announced the signing of two women's World Cup champions to their roster, Samantha Mewis and Rose Lavelle. Samantha Mewis joined City from the North Carolina Courage, while Rose Lavelle joins the Citizens after O.L. Reign traded for her rights from the Washington Spirit. Samantha Mewis is featured in the lineup for every match since she has arrived, while Rose Lavelle is expected to make her debut this weekend after completing her mandatory quarantine period. Not to be outdone, Manchester United, just today as we record, has announced the signing of Tobin Heath and Kristen Press. Tobin Heath leaves the Portland Thorns to head to United, while Press joins the Red Devils from the Utah Royals. Both Heath and Press will need to complete their mandatory quarantine period, so they are not expected to be available for Man U until October 3rd. But it is a major get for Man U and Man City to bring in these four stars on one-year deals. For the players, it's a chance to continue to stay sharp and fit with plenty of matches, as the women's national team is on a likely hiatus for the fall. The NWSL has just begun its fall series, but that's not going to last very long. And then after that's done, the league is likely done until the 2021 season begins next spring. So some of these players have decided to take the time to head to Europe in search of more games. It will be interesting to see if more women's national team players do the same once the NWSL season is done. Emily Sonnet has gone to play at Kappersburg Gothenburg in Sweden until the end of the season in November. And with the way the contracts work with women's national team players in U.S. soccer, they can leave on a free transfer with the NWSL team only maintaining their league rights if they are to return. So it's going to be interesting to see if this trend continues, at least for this year, as players look to stay in shape and keep their chances of making that Olympic roster next summer very high. The FA Women's Soccer League is now on NBC Sports and Peacock, so you'll have plenty of chances to see Sam, Rose, Kristen, and Tobin play this season. And just in case you're looking for those Manchester derbies, keep the weekends of November 15th and February 11th open, where our beloved women's national team players can help answer the generations-old question, is Manchester red or is it blue? Finally, on the U.S. men's national team front, the biggest news for them has been the draw for a World Cup qualifying schedule, which is scheduled to start next June, or at least it was. CONCACAF held its draw for World Cup qualifying in Zurich back on August 19th, and at that point, we knew the men's national team's road to qualify for the 2022 World Cup. We had the FIFA windows ready, we had the teams that we would play in the octagon, with the exception of three that were to be determined by the first and second rounds of that qualifying road. However, just yesterday, due to COVID-19 not showing any signs of slowing down, CONCACAF postponed the start of World Cup qualifying until next March. And with the first and second rounds requiring three FIFA windows, the men's national team sits out of those two rounds. But with three FIFA windows being consumed by those first two rounds, that will mean that the start of the octagon will likely need to be pushed back to next fall. How this octagon gets completed is anyone's guess. It heavily relied on FIFA having a second window in June 2021 and an extra window in January 2022 to be completed. Without that June window, CONCACAF is going to have to figure out another way to get all of these matches in 
before the World Cup draw is supposed to happen in the summer of 2022. They could hopefully push for additional dates and work with FIFA to make this happen without yet another format change. For the men's national team, what does this mean? It means more time to evaluate the player pool to get guys gelling together and for head coach Greg Berhalter to figure out the rotations he's going to use, the lineups, and the players he's going to rely on for this grueling qualifying campaign. Right now, they're scheduled to have the Nations League playoffs in March, and if they have a January camp, which you would expect them to try and make something happen, they will have some opportunities to have some friendlies to prepare the team for qualifying. It also means June 2021 could be a chance to get some guys in to play some friendlies ahead of the Gold Cup and the Olympics should the U23s qualify for that instead of having a summer where guys will have tons of matches that count starting with World Cup qualifying leading into the Gold Cup. But hopefully CONCACAF has a plan. I know what I just said. I hope they have a plan. They probably don't, but I hope they do because the more they push back qualifying, the fewer international windows they have to utilize. And so I hope they're considering things like forming bubbles for teams or even doing neutral sites so that they can safely get these games completed. But we'll see what they come up with, and hopefully we will know when our road to Qatar will begin. That's going to do it for this 19th episode of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. I appreciate you all once again for rocking with me and for being patient through the extended absence We will be back next week to discuss some of the big stories of the week. Don't forget, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have questions or topic suggestions, please feel free to send me an email to ssfcpodcast at gmail.com. But until next week, we'll see you soon. Take care.